the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Why do I need to send my executive director of sales on a 6 a.m. flight to Chicago and pay a $100 Uber downtown and dinner and lunch, or lunch and dinner and a flight home and all that when he can accomplish the same thing on a Zoom meeting? You're going to see innovations like that in the business world. That, that's my whole point. So I do think there's going to be some type of intervention. 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 Let's hope uh, 32 NFL teams had to go the intervention route. Is interventional? Interventional is a word, right? Interventional? Interventions a word. No, there's. I might need a vocabulary. I was having this conversation with Carrie last night. (laughs) Hey, by the way, let me introduce you. Try to get your wife to tell me interventions a word. It's. I like it. It's a good word. I think we should put it in. I think we should submit it to Merriam-Webster. Yes. The Um, the intersection of innovation and invention. Innovation. Here's another thing I want to. Good morning, Monday podcast (laughs) listeners. Submit to the dictionary company. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe Wikipedia. Okay. I'm not a three-time state champion like you. Mm. I'm merely a draft pick. Okay? Just uh, merely an NFL draft pick. Yes. I've been around you 20 years or more. Yes. I've talked to you about my innermost secrets. Yeah. Every bit and piece. We wrote a book together yeah. where I put myself out there to you. Yes, we did for YouTube listeners. Here's yeah. the here's the book for Facebook yeah. watchers. There's the book. That's why I'm here. The Chris and Stephanie Spielman. Story. I can't be around to edit you 24 hours a day. <sighs> I needed you. You're a journalist. And truth matters and facts matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming accuracy still matters. It now, matters. Maybe not in today's journalism, but from the Bruce Hooley Bruce School of Journalism. <laughs> Under this it, roof. It, it matters. matters. Matters here, yeah. Yes. 29th pick I'm, overall, Bruce. Don't. Here's a kid, lesson, kids. Don't <laughs> work off your memory. Look it up. Look it up, okay? I know I'm not a three-time state champion. Two-time. Oh. You're snarking me here. <laughs> Two times. I mean, why don't, you, why don't you just punch me in my head? Okay. When so I'm not looking. So Dave Biddle of Bucknuts, Saturday night, is celebrating the Lions draft. And he says, wow, this Lions draft's really good. My favorite Lions draft since 88 when we stole a, line, a great linebacker out of Ohio State in the second round. And uh, something else, I don't know. I think he got the Barry Sanders, Chris Spielman draft mixed up. Barry was the year after yeah. you. Benny Blades was the first. Benny round Blades, the and then round. William White later on in that in that draft in the fourth round, I believe. So right. I responded to bids. I was trying. I was like, "Well, the Spiels is not going to have this. Don't put the second round label on my man." I wanted to give him the response you always give, which is, "Don't say second round. Say 29th overall. 29th <laughs> overall pick." In the years of a 28-team league, right? Yeah. And I said 30th overall pick. Yeah. That just cut me. It cut me deep it again. probably affected your work on the Lions draft. Well, From that if, point on, you probably went right So I worked all weekend for yeah, the yeah. Lions. I enjoyed it. And I worked on uh, – Did some. I told him I'd Twitter about the draft or tweet about the draft. I did – Were you various, home or were you in yeah, Detroit? No, no, I was home. Okay. Various – I was on all kind of platforms uh, – local Fox station up there. Uh, our old friend Jimmy Powers, he's got two guys on their local radio show that seem to rely on me and on their show content. So whatever I say, they want to go opposite. So they try to go to me every time. Is that Stoney and Wojo? No, not Stoney and Wojo. Stoney's on in the morning. I'll, I'll go on with him, but these other guys, I don't know what their names are. Okay. I, I forget their names, but 
they're just anti anti everything. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what really uh, kind of put me off and see normally your inaccurate fake news tweet wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah, you're bigger than that typically. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have brought it up because I never bring things up from the past. Nope, never. But Macy comes in, uh, like, oh. it was like the Thursday night, I think, after the first round. Yeah. And she says to me, Dad, what? What? Uh, when were you drafted? Did she say, what round? Were no, you I said 29th overall. And she goes, what round? Oh. And, and that's when I said, rounds don't matter. Go to bed. Rounds it's late. don't matter. Go to bed. Yeah. So there you go. That was my draft story. But I just wanted to, uh, again, come in and try to present an accurate product here. Thank you. I appreciate you correcting me. I needed it. I throw myself on your mercy. I'm glad you're a Christian man and you're required to forgive me and show me grace. Otherwise, I'd be, like, really in trouble. Oh, my goodness. The one time I needed to make a phone call. Yeah, I know. I figured I'd come up today. It's only been 11 years. Oh, shall we move on, yes, or you want to yeah, no, no, no. slay me a few more I think times? We, uh, yeah, I think that's only thirty-five I, lashes with I the cat and nine tails. <laughs> you got four left. I want to invent and move on. Okay, very good. Great draft for the Buckeyes. Uh, we'll go through that. We'll go through which teams we think did well. I've got some sleeper picks that I really liked. Okay. I thought your Lions were right there having a great draft. We'll uh, go through my list of where I think uh, who had the best landing spot for a Buckeye. That's related to what that team's need is and what kind of player I think they are and where they fit in and, and the personnel around them because nobody in the NFL does what they do without help on the football team. Sure. So we have all that coming up. We want to remind you, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the official coffee of the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Nicaragua, Ethiopia, Thailand, some of the countries that they buy their coffee direct from growers, they help the growers get more money than they would get if the government were involved and they were skimming profits off the top. They do good things, good missional things in those markets. We appreciate Hemisphere very, very much. Their mission is our mission, which is to help spread the gospel around the world. And so we would invite you to order your coffee from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps, and you'll get a 15% discount if you'd like to donate that to COVID-19 relief here on the podcast. You can uh, by uh, just noting in the comment section, I listen to the Spielman Hooley podcast. That's how I heard about you. Then they'll donate 20% of sales to COVID-19 relief. If you don't know what the COVID-19 relief is, Chris has auctioned a lot of his memorabilia, a lot of his really cool memorabilia, both Big Ten championship rings. We take your nominations for people who need help in this time with a lot of people unemployed. We award four people every Friday, $250 each, $1,000. You know, this, I mean, I'm not being snarky here, but we, we got to tweet out today the four winners from last Friday. Oh, which, sorry, I didn't do that. No, I, I got man. I got on uh, got the names to carry right away, and then yeah. I forgot to do that. But I want to report that all four have been yes. paid because, you know, that's my get the money in their hands as quick as possible. And so that's been taken care of. And, you know, there's some, some guys out there. I received uh, three tweets this week mm-hmm. about 40,000 is not enough with a man of my wealth and <laughs> connections. Isn't that What's amazing? that saying? You can't please all the people all the time? <laughs> no, you got to be Paul. You got to yeah. be all things to all people, which I thought was absolutely fascinating that somebody would actually say that because they don't, without being educated on what the root uh, 
motivation was. It, mm-hmm. it we're not taking donations. No, and we're from not people tr- for this. This was a family thing. This was where my children were contributing, where I was raising the money myself, where I was sacrificially giving, but it's mm-hmm. hard to exp- I don't have to explain the number that I'm doing, but when when you're in a public eye, I do feel sometimes you have to uh there's no obligation to, but I want people to understand what the motivation is because the motivation isn't about boosting me up. It's about boosting trying to be Christ-like or yeah. doing God's work. And then you have somebody with the nerve uh, to, to say, well, that's not enough. That, With all his wealth and connections, you don't know anything about my wealth. You don't know. No, you don't. don't if, if, believe me, if I were wealthy, I wouldn't be sitting in here doing a podcast, or I wouldn't be getting on an airplane five times, or twenty-five times a year, and living away from home four times a week. Obviously, you don't know me. You know, I don't like to live leave my house. I don't go out. So don't sit there and tell me what's enough and what's not enough, jackass. That's you know, not very Christian of me. I apologize. No, uh, I, your, your behavior was jackass. Uh, as Paul said, if I were still trying to please men, I wouldn't be serving Christ. You're not trying to please men. We don't compare ourselves to those who, uh, you know, commend themselves by themselves. Right. I'm sorry. Here's I, someone. I apologize. Here's someone who did appreciate uh, and does appreciate what you're doing. His name is Mark. Mark uh, nominated his brother. We drew Mark's name out. Mark, oh. email SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, and that's how you can email a nomination of anyone who you know who needs COVID-19 relief. He says when we emailed him that he had won, and Carrie got in touch with him and arranged for him to access the money immediately. Oh, my goodness. Thank you very much for your help. If there is any way I can help you out, please let me know. I would be willing to spend a day on the road delivering things you need done or doing some other legwork to help you out. God bless you. I love you guys, and I love you for what you do. You are truly angels on earth. Please remember me if you need a favor. So there you go. There, hey, maybe th- that makes up for the no, yeah, it does because- jackassical behavior of the guy. <laughs> Thank on you for correcting me on that. It's just frustrating sometimes. And it was a know. tough week for you on Twitter. You it were, was. You were not giving enough money, and you were promoting people getting hammered. Apparently, we'll get into. That. I look. We're going to cut, right. cut that guy some grace. I did he, cut him. Yeah, grace I know you did. I know you did. If I you know. looked at my response, talking about our listeners cutting him oh. grace. All right, so let's get to the draft. Okay. Chase Young two, Jeff Okuda three. You said Friday the Lions did not will not take Jeff Joe Okuda Burrow three. one. So that's three. Uh, sorry, I forgot the other. <laughs> I forgot the first Buckeyes. Is, is he not an alum? He's an alum. Yes. Okay. So three Buckeyes. Yes. Okay. okay. Continue. I'm All right. Sorry. Very good. Um, <laughs> you hate that. You just hate I don't it. hate it. I just, I just like, don't think of Joe. I don't think of Joe as a Buckeye. I don't. I just sorry. I don't. I mean, it's okay if you do. It's okay if many people do. I just don't think of him as a Buckeye because I like. Okay, so give me the great Joe Burrow Buckeye highlight. As as a Buckeye, yeah, heck of a spring game. Grabbing his diploma. Yeah, his degree, which is all about student athlete, my friend. Student athlete. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so (laughs) Buckeyes go one, two, three for purposes of this podcast. Uh, they didn't need to go one, two, three to get three first rounders because they got Damon Arnett went nineteenth overall to the Oakland to the uh, Las Vegas. There you go, Raiders. They're in Vegas this year. Uh, Where are they going to play? To, I don't know what the stadium. The stadium was behind. I, I don't know if they're playing one more year in California, but I think they're going to be referred. to. Well, I don't even know where if California teams are going to play in California. Yeah, true. I, I have some news on that. I talked to Rick yesterday okay. about the plans moving forward, but 
that was the biggest surprise in the first round to me. Not not Jordan Love to the Green Bay Packers, uh, Damon Arnett. And this is not a knock on Damon. Nope. I just don't think most teams had him as a first-round corner. I think if Damon Arnett uh, wouldn't have lasted long day two I agree. of the draft, but I just don't think most teams thought of Damon as a top-20 pick. But good for him. And then he has a chance Absolutely. to go – Improve it, and it proves my point on the value of corners yes, and does. how important they are. And teams would be willing to. This is not reach on a guy that maybe isn't a consensus number one or first round pick. Some people had Damon maybe really late in the first round. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little early, but hey, Damon, you got an opportunity and go prove everybody like he always did and place with a chip mm-hmm. on his shoulder. Yeah. Go prove everybody that this is where you belong. So good for him. So let me do Damon a favor. Let me enlarge the chip on his shoulder. Because I wrote on BruceHooley.com rating the Buckeye landing spots that he got the toughest situation. Not because Vegas is a bad franchise. Not because Gruden and Mayock don't know what they're doing. Just because I'm, I'm rating expectations, who he is, the pressure the fans are going to put on him, all that kind of stuff. I because the expectations for KJ Hill in San Diego are not the same as the expectations yeah, for Damon Arnett. It's easier to be a seventh rounder than Vegas. a first rounder. So I wrote, getting overdrafted is great on draft night because it means you're going to get paid more than you expected. Yep, it's not great any day after that, other than payday, because you become the guy on the wrong end of. We could have had fill in the blank oh, here yeah. of overachieving best rookie instead of you. That's Damon Arnett's fate in Las Vegas, which also isn't exactly a place free of distractions for a young guy with a lot of money in his pocket. Oh, and Arnett is also the guy the Raiders took with the one of the first-round picks they received for Khalil Mack. So he has that pressure, too. He'll start immediately, and if he produces, he'll be fine. But NFL officials might not put up with his grabby style of coverage that he used at Ohio State, and they might not. You look at Even the highlight tape they showed of Damon Arnett on the draft, I'm like... Well, they could have called P.I. there. Well, could have called so, holding there. I think when when corners have ability and they get grabby, NFL coaches, and I talk about this all the time because, I and again, these are conversations that I have with all coaches, and I love it, but all coaches think this, that when I get him, he'll be okay. Or, in Ohio State's case, because they know what a great job Jeff Halfley did coaching the secondary in San Francisco, mm-hmm. they say, well, Jeff Halfley coached him, and I trust in Jeff Halfley. Yeah. And if Jeff Halfley, which I'm sure Mayock did his work, because he's a hardworking guy, mm-hmm. uh, talked to Jeff, and Jeff gave him a endorsement, then I really am not surprised because, and this was my arguments on Twitter all week, which, I, by the way, I loved arguing football. Mm-hmm. All week, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguing or agreeing or saying why. But because of that nature of that position, Bruce, it is vital. It is the most important position on a defensive side of the ball. I know there can be an argument made for pass rushers, and pass rushers help defenders. I get it. But um, to me, if you can't or don't have the ability athletically in the back end and you're bad in your pass defense because it's such a passing league and because quarterbacks are, that are really good get rid of the ball quickly, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance yep. if you don't have a strong secondary. 
Let's go through the uh, Bengals draft here, first of all, because they started off actually with Joe liked Burrow. it, by the way, but it's hard to screw up if you got the first pick. It is hard to screw up if you have the first-round pick. Um, so, of course, when I call up the Bengals, then they don't show up here on NFL.com. Uh, they took uh, T. Higgins, a wide receiver, out of Clemson in the second uh, round, first pick of the second round. I like T. Higgins. I think, you know, I mean, T. Higgins could prove to be a really great wide receiver, T. Higgins could prove to be an underachieving wide receiver. I don't know. But I mean, one of the things that's going to give T. Higgins a chance is A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. Well, you got four guys, right, yeah. right now. And, and don't forget, was it John Brown? Or, what, or what's it? No, John, John Ross. Brown's not John, John Ross. Ross. Oh, John yeah. Ross. I, I am forgetting John Ross. Yes, you are. On purpose, I'm forgetting well, John Ross. Well, I mean, but John Ross flashed a little bit last year mm-hmm. at the very least. Yeah. I mean, okay, you know, we'll, we'll give a guy three years. In, he, his, in his role, he has an opportunity to flash a lot. Yeah. So, well, hopefully he can. Hopefully Joe Burrow will take advantage of And this of is John Ross's third year, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Time to so it's time to go, right? Yep. This is it. And a healthy A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. And T. Higgins, I don't mind them taking a wide receiver when they took it. And my, my goal is, look, because they have their number one pick yep. from last year that didn't play, so that it's almost like they got a tackle and a quarterback yeah. as Jonah a first-round uh, first pick. But here's why I like it, because their thought process is, i got to give my rookie starting <laughs> quarterback every chance mm-hmm. To succeed, so in order to give them those chances to succeed, I have to surround them with as many good players as possible. No doubt. That's my opinion on that. Yeah, and I guess there's some doubt as to whether A.J. Green will play for them. I mean, they franchise tagged him, so I don't know why he wouldn't. But um, He's going to play. He's not going to walk away from money. Uh, Then they they got a linebacker from Wyoming in the third round, Logan Wilson. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. uh, Can run. Just really playmaker. I mean, just football player. Runs better uh, than people think. I think he'll be a starter, too. I think he's a starter, absolutely, because the Bengals hurt, were hurting at linebacker last year. A bad team, a third-round yeah. pick should start because yeah. he's, um, he's as close to being a second-rounder as he could be, and your top two-round guys ought to start. He's a, he's just a guy that makes plays. Yeah. You know, he, I don't know what Remind his, you of anyone? Well, there's a couple guys that do, but it's like, say like a Zach uh, Thomas. Remember Zach Thomas? Or, you probably Miami covered Dolphins. Zach, didn't you? Uh, Zach, yes, I did. For a year or two, yeah, but Texas I Tech. mean, those are guys that Zach was a fifth rounder. Those are guys that just make plays. And he's a guy that will make some plays for them. Uh, they went heavy linebacker in this draft. They drafted a linebacker out of App them, State in the fourth round, and then they got a guy that we know well because he's from Hilliard, Marcus Bailey, who had Two torn ACLs at Purdue, but, boy, he played well against the Buckeyes, and I imagine Marcus Bailey's going to go into Cincinnati's training camp breathing fire trying to make that team. I think it's awesome. There were two guys, Marcus Bailey, and there was another linebacker from another school, and I'm sorry I can't uh, remember or recall what team or what school, but what I do recall is that he also had two ACL injuries Mm. during his career. So when I see guys that – not only come back from one ACL, but come back from two ACLs, and they get drafted. I mean, that is such a an, an announcement and a, just a, a testimony in hard work and never mm-hmm. giving up and not get, and not getting down on yourself and not losing hope and working hard to come back. And that that was so cool that not only one but two guys. Both linebackers, not surprisingly, because linebackers, quite frankly, Bruce, do have a different mentality than a wide receiver. Yes, they do. Or DB. 
So I'm good. I was happy for that kid. And maybe he can be a player. He played well against Ohio State. You're absolutely right. All right, let's go to the Browns. Jedrick Wills, tackle out of Alabama, a right tackle at Alabama, but a blindside protector, will be uh, converted to left tackle in Mm -hmm. Cleveland. Joe Thomas lauded that pick. We talked about it Friday. Yeah, Joe loved it. So we move on to ground two. Grant Delpit, the Thorpe Award winner, safety out of LSU, had a really uh, really good 2018 not such a great 2019, but he had high ankle sprain. Yeah, came back at the end of the year and played pretty well. Uh, defensive tackle Jordan Elliott out of Missouri. I don't know anything about him. Big 12 defensive players. I'm always like, mm, really? Yeah. Uh, another linebacker out of LSU, Jacob Phillips. LSU dominated the draft in terms of number of 14. picks. Uh, they took him before the Ravens took Malik Harrison. So they like the LSU kid over the Ohio State kid. Of course they do. The Ohio State kid has the stink of being an Ohio State kid on him for, for the <laughs> from the Browns' perspective. Not the Lions' perspective. Not the Lions' perspective. Not the Ravens' perspective. Uh, in round four, they took a tight end, Harrison Bryant, out of Florida Atlantic, who Charlie Casserly gushed about. He said best pick uh, under the radar, Harrison Bryant, tight end, Florida Atlantic. I don't remember him when Ohio State played Florida Atlantic, but they didn't score. They scored. Well, so I guess they scored twenty. What that tells me is, you know, if they go a couple tight end sets and in, in, in Joku, I don't know what his status nobody, nobody is. Nobody knows what his status is. But <laughs> all airport, David and Joku he's, gets he, off the bus, and you're like, he's Whoa, a pretty good. Who player. is that dude? Well, when he's on, he's a good player. So. I don't know is, what is he on whatever. I, I don't know, but I mean, obviously, this kid can run. That's what I know about him. Yeah. And so anybody that anytime you have a tight end, it can run and puts pressure on safeties and linebackers. Uh, round five, they took a center, an undersized center, Nick Harris from the Washington Huskies, who started a ton of games out there. Uh, looks like a good, you know, guy you get in the fifth yeah. round, a guy who fits in. Maybe he becomes a starter in a couple of years when J.C. Treader's done. But he's probably a depth guy. And then in round six. Their most intriguing pick, and this, boy, did I anger people by referring to Donovan Peoples-Jones of Michigan as Carlton Mitchell. Now, you may not remember Carlton Mitchell. I don't Mitchell. remember Carlton. When I was in Cleveland, the Browns had a guy, and there's always a guy on the team, right, who they take late in the rounds, and he looks like Adonis, and he shows in practice. Like, who's, who's a guy? Auden Tate is that guy with the Bengals, okay? Exactly. There's always a guy that you look at and you go, well, why isn't that guy a star? Look at this body on this right. guy. Look, he runs this way and he runs this way. So my friend Tony Rizzo, host of the Really Big Show, came up with one of the great nicknames of all time for Carlton Mitchell. He referred to him as Bigfoot. And the reason why he referred to him as Bigfoot is because we hear about the legend of Carlton Mitchell, but we never see anything from Carlton Mitchell. And so when they picked Donovan Peoples-Jones, I said, oh, Mary Kay Cabot. Oh, they get DPJ out of Michigan. I said, another Carlton Mitchell. Oh, I got all this pushback from Michigan fans. He had the worst quarterback situation in the Big Ten. Can't argue with that. No, he did not have anywhere close to the worst quarterback situation in the Big Ten. I'll give you that his freshman year when he had John O'Corn and Brandon Peters. But Shea Patterson, as inconsistent as he is, and he's very inconsistent. Are you going to say something nice about Shea Patterson? No, I'm going to say something bad about Rutgers quarterbacks. Maryland quarterbacks. Remember Maryland went through like three guys in a game at Ohio State? Yes. Michigan State. Do I need to remind anybody about Brian Lewerke? Signed with the Patriots, by the Throwing way. Ball. Of course he did. He's <laughs> Brian Hoyer Jr. He's Brian Hoyer's kid. <laughs> but I'm just like, they did not have he did not have the worst quarterback situation in the Big Ten. 
Donovan Peoples-Jones flashed as a freshman on special teams Urban against Ohio State. Him. Urban gushes about DPJ because Urban's the jilted boyfriend with DPJ. He recruited the crap out of him, and he didn't get him. And how many times does Urban lose to Michigan in recruiting? Like once, and so yeah. that's the one he remembers. Now, do I think Donovan Peoples-Jones would have been a much better player if he came to Ohio State? I do. He'd been surrounded by much better players. He would have been developed better because I think it's inarguable. Michigan's not developing players like Ohio State. But to act like the Browns got some steal from Donovan Peoples-Jones, when you go out early and you get picked in the sixth round or the fifth round, Jake Fromm, you should have stayed in school. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he could have ever helped himself. Maybe he looked at the quarterback situation at Michigan next year. Maybe. And said, well, what's this? Is worse than what I've been <laughs> yeah. dealing with. Um, NFL guys draft guys on potential, yeah. on what they see. And it was such a deep receiver class. 32 wide receivers drafted overall, Bruce. Mm-hmm. 32 That's wide. A lot. Does that tell you <laughs> That's something? That's an entire about, round. It's one seventh. Does that tell you the importance of and give you a snapshot of what this game is? Yep. And that's does that tell you why corners are being drafted corners all over the place? Pass rushers, left yeah. tackles, that's quarterbacks, it. and everybody else. I will fill in with this guy. We'll fill in this with this guy. So I, I don't hope doubt he, I, that Donovan Peoples Jones can be a good player. He might be one of those guys. They say, "Would well, you be a better pro than a college player?" He might be. I'm just saying. At Michigan, I kept hearing about Donovan Peoples Jones, right? He, and they had other guys who were better in his position. He. He didn't scare anybody at Ohio State, but um, I think for his case, he might be one of those guys that once he gets that opportunity and gets with a guy that can put the ball in his hands, then maybe he can shine. So I, it's a good pick at five. I think it's a good pick six, at five, six. six, six, yeah. I think it's sure. A, I mean, he's an athlete. He's on the board. You got nothing to lose at six. No. Every everything in those rounds is a roll of the dice. Yeah, everything. Uh, we want to commend other people who are uh, doing their part to help people in uh, a tough time. Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils, longtime sponsor of our radio show, longtime friends of mine. Uh, they are offering 38% off bulk mulch. So you go with a trailer or your truck, you get your mulch, you got a mulch, and you're just like, wow, you know, I hate to spend the money on mulch. Well, you don't have to hate to spend the money at Kurtz Brothers because, hey, it's great mulch, and they'll give you 38% off in the form of a Visa gift card that they want you to spend however you want, but, I mean, the idea is go patronize a local restaurant, which is also hurting. Smart. So remember, Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils, Dublin, Westerville, Alexandria, and just off. Did they pay for that airtime? They did not. They're friends of mine. Okay. And I'm. I got a lot of friends too. They're good people. Yeah. Well, bring them on. Bring your bring your uh, car guy. I'm just on. kidding. I know their guy, Mark Lobb. Mark Lobb. Buyers Mazda, Dublin Subaru. There you go. People can patronize best, our longtime best sponsors. Guys. I've ever been around. One of the most sincere guys. You've met Mark. I've you? met. I've. I think I've said hi to Mark once. Yeah. Okay. Mark, with a look at the big uh, windmill up on uh, the lawman, two seventy. Former was sheriff. Mark's, Mark was a former sheriff. Yeah, and uh, still uh, works part time uh, airport police. So really, yeah, he's he's. Uh, I tell you, if there's a, a civil war or civil unrest. I'm going to his house. Mark understands how weapons are used. Just Fantastic. put it that way. Love that. Exercise that Second Amendment right, my friend. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, Kurtz Brothers and Mark Lobb, Byers, Dublin, Mazda, Subaru. All right, let's get to your Lions draft. Jeff Okuda is going to walk in, going to start day one, and I rate his situation as the best situation of any Buckeye in the draft. 
because there's he's there to take on the Darius Slay position, which puts some pressure on him, but he's equipped to handle it, and he'll be fine. So one of the arguments uh, that was being posed to me was that they should have drafted Tua and get rid of Stafford. <laughs> so well, that would make sense. <laughs> I mean, you what? have a good player, get rid of him. And I know they're saying, well, Darius Slay left. He's a good player. Well, you got to replace Darius Slay. He's 29 years yeah. old. He didn't want to be there, yeah. and his cap number is going to be way more than Akuda's. I mean, I don't understand. And Jeff is going to be effective. Yeah. He's by far. I, I did a survey because I was, you know, I'm, I am actually going to do some research before I tweet things out and make sure that I'm not the only one that has this opinion. So I talked to a lot of guys that I have around the league in scouts and in the TV industry and all that that and break down and do these all these evaluations at an in-depth level. It's not even close to who the best cover corner was. Not even close. So if you're a team that plays more man-to-man defense than any team in the league, if your pass defense ranked 32nd last year, why would you not draft the heads head above head everybody shoulders. else yep. and Jeff Akuda? And I, I'll go through the Lions picks. Um, who, who was no, number two was uh, the DeAndre Swift. Swift DeAndre Swift. Georgia. So if you can get a Nick Chubb-like performance – from DeAndre Swift, that's a winner. But yep. they have a kid named Carrion Johnson that's a really good running back, but mm-hmm. he just can't stay healthy. So when you draft these guys, uh, you create competition in that room. And the other thing you do, Bruce, everybody, as you know, is going to two running backs. They, yes, they are. They, they don't want just one one running back. They want two. The Vikings have Dalvin Cook. Well, Dalvin Cook has had injuries. Then they drafted the kid out of Boise State last year, Alexander Madison. So these guys are all good players. Uh, Notre Dame edge rusher Julian Acquara round three. Then we get to uh, Jonah Jackson later in round three, the Buckeye guard via Rutgers graduate transfer. Then in round four, they double up on a guard to take Logan Stenberg out of Kentucky. Out of Kentucky. So it sounds to me like they've got a spot there in the middle of the line. And they're going to throw a stake on the table and let Jonah Jackson and Logan Stenberg fight it out. Stenberg's six yeah. six. Most guards in the NFL are not six six. I don't know anything about Stenberg. He started a bunch of games, and he's very well thought of. I, I know a lot about him. I wouldn't doubt Jonah Jackson. Struggles in pass protection, yeah. but he will uh, fight you to the death, and he'll finish the block. And he's just what a guard is—a mauler. Go ahead. Then you have the kick returner. Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. Oh, wait. He was, oh, go ahead. He was one of my sleeper picks. I like him as a player. I know he doesn't run fast. I think he's a real player. I think he's a real player, too. And what helped, because uh, a lot of the Lions fans were tweeting me, can't run, can't run. They were tweeting me his combine 40 time. Then I think I think it was Biddle that came out, or was it Biddle? Or somebody came out on, on Twitter and said that Jeff uh, – Okuda, yeah. Okuda said that that was the best wide receiver that he played against. Cephas was the best wide receiver he played against. Yeah. That's Then uh, Dan, or- Dan Orlovsky, who's on ESPN and former Lion and mm-hmm. guy that I have a good relationship with, came out and said this is a great pick. And I agree with him. Why? Because, first of all, he's a big body. Second of all, you take a big body. He's very physical from when I watched him. I loved the kid when I watched mm-hmm. him. He does have some drops here and there. But he's a guy that can be a special teams guy yes, for you, too. I mean, yes, he could run. He's fast enough, believe me. He plays faster than his 40 time, but he's not afraid to hit somebody. And he takes a lot of pride in this blocking downfield. And you've heard me preach this since 
time I've known you, how Marv Levy started every every meeting, team meeting, if our wide receivers are good blockers downfield, that leads to big plays. Mm-hmm. Big plays lead to wins. And so he's. I thought that was a great pick by Bob Quinn. A lot of people don't think he's going to be able to play in the NFL. Uh, I disagree. I think he can play. I disagree. I think Quinn Tennessee was a great pick. He had an incident at Wisconsin that kept him off the field. Two of them. As a junior year, the one, the ugly one, the sexual assault allegation. I've read the police report, and I would, I'll just say this, I would be comfortable picking him based upon that police report. I thought he was cleared of all that, He too. was completely cleared of all that, and I read the report, and I would not have a problem clearing him based wow, on that. Wow, he passes the Bruce Willis test. I don't test. know about the other uh, incident you're referring to, but on that one, I would clear him completely. Um, the, uh, the, John Pensanini, Utah defensive tackle. 320 pound first and second This must be player. your special team. This uh, Jason Huntley, is he like yeah. a little scat back dude from, from New, New Mexico, Mexico State? State. Yep. And then Jay Sean Cornell, defensive tackle, Ohio Another State, round guy. seven. And I labeled Jay Sean, I think I have Jay Sean with a pre- landing in a pretty good situation here. Uh, my second best situation, other than Okuda first, was Devon Hamilton, third round Jacksonville because they went into the draft with a need at defensive tackle and he was the only defensive lineman they took. J.K. Dobbins, I know, is frustrated that he went in round two, but you, Why? Land, you land on the Baltimore Ravens behind Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. I mean, you're going to get the fresh late in the game carries and people are going to be occupied with Lamar Jackson. Let me give a message to all running backs. It's a devalued position. Yep. It's nothing against your talent. It's against the position. Yep. You're going in the second round. That's just the way it is. As Jonathan Taylor went in the DeAndre second round. Swift. DeAndre yeah. Swift went in the second round. Cam Akers yep. went in the second round. AJ You're all going Dillon. in the second round. A.J. Dillon. And you, round. and you might as well just uh, yep. say Heath Hilaire or whatever. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. First yeah. round. But first round, but it's, it's the last pick. That's your only hope. Nobody's taking a running back early. It ain't happening. Yeah. So the Lions took uh, one other defensive lineman. He's an end, so Cornell will have a chance. I actually rated oh. his uh, his uh, chance the seventh best situation just because he's a seventh rounder. They're not going to keep him on the team. They don't they don't have a lot invested in him. It's easy to cut a seventh rounder. Or or don't forget practice squad for yeah. developmental purposes. Right. Exactly. So uh, I have Chase Young with the fourth best situation. Uh, now you might say, well, why? He's going to start from day one. He is going to start from day one. No doubt about that. He has a very high floor. I think he has a high ceiling and a high floor. I think the worst you're going to get out of Chase Young a year is eight sacks because he's fast and he's going to get to the quarterback. Maybe six sacks. Maybe eight's a little high. I think he's got a high ceiling. I think he's got a lot of adjusting to do in the NFL. Here's why I don't think, and this is what I wrote, I don't think his situation is nearly as good as Nick or Joey Bosa's situation. When Joey Bosa went to the Chargers, that's a good team that had a bad year and they got a lot of good defensive players around him. And... Nick Bosa, same thing. A lot of top picks around Nick Bosa on the defensive line. Very hard to double-team Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. Not because they're not good and merit it, but because you're going to open up something for somebody else. Uh, And both those guys went to teams that were ready to win. Chase Young does not go to a team, in my opinion, that is as ready to win as those teams are. He will have enormous expectations because he's a number two overall pick. And he, well, he had 16 sacks in college and he didn't play two games. Like, come on, kid, you didn't have a sack. What's the deal? So he'll have that pressure. And the other thing is, it's always, I think, a challenge. Now, I mean, it can't be done, but it's always a challenge to play in or near your hometown. Yeah. 
you got your buddies hanging around and you got it's just a, just a distraction and it can take you sideways. So that's why I don't have Chase Young with the you know one of the top 3 landing spots for Buckeyes. I think why Nick and Joey were able to excel so early not only because of their talent level and, and nobody's going to argue Chase's talent level because it's inarguable but Melvin Ingram I believe that's was the, the, the other side of uh Chase. When, you, when you start a scouting report for the Chargers, I'm not sure at that time Joey Bosa's on the top line. I'm not sure Nick Bosa's on the top line. When you start a scouting report with the Redskins, yeah. Chase Young's on the top line. Well, they are. Not. Nick and Joey are now. They are now, but when they went into the league. I don't know. They're, they have a good pass rusher, but he's getting a little long in the tooth and is Ryan Kerrigan. I don't know if you remember Ryan do, from Purdue. Purdue. He's a good player. He wrecked Ohio State But he just, uh, I think he's in the fourth quarter uh, of career, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we'll see. I hope, uh, look, Chase is going to do great because I think he wants to get better. He knows he can get better, and he has, like, potential through the roof. Um, okay, whose draft did you like besides the Lions? I really like the Lions draft. I really liked the Colts draft, and I really liked the um, – unfortunately, I liked the Ravens, Ravens draft. draft. yeah. Uh, and somebody else I was thinking of. Vikings. Like, Vikings. Vikings, and I liked the Cardinals draft. Well, and Cliff – it's good to be Cliff, isn't good it? Good to be the Kingsbury. How cool what is that? What a pad. How cool is that? $4 million pad. There, there wasn't any computers or anything set up nah, in there. Just a white leather it. couch. He's got it. Big, huge fire pit. Go ahead, Keimer. You got it. <laughs> Something else, <too. laughs> Um, Your Cardinals. My Cardinals. My Cardinals are my so, second team, yeah. And your uh, your friend Rick Spielman set a record with 15 draft picks. I know. You had a funny tweet about that. Well, um. Yes, there was thought talks of Rick trying to get more picks. He didn't trade you. Trade the family. I was. I'm sure I was involved in trade talks. <laughs> you wanted to trade your Big Ten championship rings. Did trade my, been sold. Did, did trade my mom, and unfortunately, <laughs> the team center back failed the physical at 79 years old. Here's Bad some knees. of the, here's some of the guys he got. He got Justin Jefferson, a wideout out of LSU, in the first round. Good pick. They're really excited. Twenty second. Uh, Jeff Gladney, a corner out of Texas Christian. You said Mike Zimmer picked corners, and he did. Mm. Ezra Cleveland, the guy who a lot of people thought might be a shocker first-round pick, tackle out of Boise State. They got him in the second round. Another corner in the third round out of the SEC, so he's seen, seen good players. Got an edge rusher out of South Carolina, again, an SEC guy. James Lynch, defensive end, Baylor, fourth round. This kid was like, I think he was like Big 12 defensive player of the year. He's got all kinds of sacks, all kinds of fumbles cost. I mean, this dude does nothing but make plays. He's a three technique. He's an interior defensive lineman. Uh, Then he drafted the first of, I thought he got two Chris Spielman types. He got. Kid out of Oregon. He did. He got Brady. What's the kid's last name? No, Troy Dye. Troy Dye. Troy Dye, linebacker, Oregon, fourth. Played with a broken hand or something. Why did you text me that? Because he plays like you. When I saw him in a Rose Bowl, I'm like, that's Chris Spielman. He's better like He's going to run slow, but he makes plays all over the field. He's in on every play, yeah, Troy Dye. Yeah. And then the other guy that he got, even later, who I was like, oh, he just drafted Chris again, is... Willigus? Oh, why did I... Kenny Willigus, Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, it's going to be a long road... I love the kid. I thought he, former walk-on, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love everything about him. I just think when you're undersized defensive end and you have question, average measurables, that that could be an issue in the NFL. Could it, could, be. it could be, but he will. Maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe he's. You know who he reminds me of? John Simon. Just got to find a way to the quarterback. He's yeah, just, that's what he's. Just, I, can he get to the quarterback? He plays with great leverage. You know, so. and I'm I'm not comparing him to this guy, but a long time ago, the Minnesota Vikings took a guy who was he was a little too small, a little too something, a little too not enough this, not enough that. John Randall. He turned out to be okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, he I, uh, was thought to be – he got released yeah. by teams. I, I hope he plays well I because I think – I loved watching the kid play at Michigan State. I loved watching him because he plays the game how the quote is, how he's supposed to play it, and he does. What are their plans for Nate Stanley, the quarterback out of Iowa? That's just a developmental thing. Can't, well, they have can't. Sean Mannion as the backup. Yep. So, I mean, who knows? There'll be a competition with Sean Mannion. All right, KJ Hill goes to the San Diego, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. My bad. In the seventh round, I was, I can't say surprised he went in the seventh round. His 40 time I wasn't was uh, surprised. Um, but Mark Pantone, the director of football personnel or something at Ohio State, is basically the GM of the Ohio State football program. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put he it. He is a GM. He scouts. He does a great job. And he gets guys, and he's like, yeah, this guy can be this, and this guy can be this. He's mm-hmm. totally dialed in. Uh, he said, look, all I watched K.J. Hill his whole career go against first-round corners in practice, and he then couldn't cover him. He's obviously the career leader in receptions at Ohio State, which is a factor of playing four years compared to David Boston playing three. No doubt K.J. Hill's been very productive at Ohio State. I don't recall him dropping balls. Mm-mm. I recall him catching balls one-handed and coming up big at times. He's a slot guy. I could see K.J. Hill being a really good, effective slot guy in the NFL. I don't see him as an all-pro, but I could also see him like getting cut in camp or whatever. I don't like his landing spot, other than he definitely gets on the team with the sweetest uniforms in the league because of their quarterback situation. That's a little Man, bit. Man, Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert's a rookie, and he's a sixth pick, and you might be like, well, what do you mean? They got their franchise quarterback. I'm not betting more than 50% that Justin Herbert's going to be a long-term answer with the San Diego uh, with the LA yeah. Chargers. I think KJ Hill is going to be a long-time successful pro. I do. Why did he go in the 7th round? He's a mid 4-6 guy. Mm. And he's a smaller. Like Cephas is a 4-7 guy. Now I guess I think he ran better at a workout or something, but uh Quint- Quintez Cephas who went to Detroit in the 5th round but he is a contributor where he's going to be a contributor on special teams because yep. he's a bigger, more physical guy. Rick took a wide receiver slot guy out of Miami in the fifth round. But what was that guy going? That guy's only coming in there. He's going to be a nice backup, but well, he's not coming in there to play wide receiver. He's coming in there to be an immediate contributor as their punt returner. And kickoff returner. Mm-hmm. I forget the kid's name. There's so many names running through our head. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that KJ went in the seventh round, but I also won't be surprised when he'll be the steal of the draft or the SOD, as they call him now, or could be with the numbers that he's capable steal of. Steal of the day or with SOD? Steal of the draft. Steal of the draft. Yeah. Right. So I, 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 I wasn't surprised at all. I know he's disappointed. I know a lot of people are disappointed. In fact, I know that disappointment because I was yeah. the 30th overall pick 
29th. Some. 29th overall oh, pick. Oh, that's right. 29th. Don't believe what you read on my Twitter <laughs> timeline. 29th overall pick. When will I let that go? Never. <laughs> nor should you. It's okay. I, I always said when people wanted to bust me on inaccuracies, they never had to apologize. <laughs> we can differ on opinions, and yeah. I'll defend mine, but on inaccuracies, I you have are, no defense. You're accountable for that. It didn't take me long either. No, nope, it? it's okay. Yeah, I, I got it coming. How long did it take me to respond? What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was like, should I go back and delete that? And I'm like, no, he's already seen it. I'll just make it worse. <laughs> I would have. That's exactly right. I was like, no, I'll take my medicine here. That's your exact. <laughs> oh. Exactly right. So Saturday, while I'm listening to the draft and I'm waiting for KJ Hill to get picked, I hear Cephas goes off the board. Donovan Peoples-Jones goes off the board. The kid that Rick took from my Tyler area. Johnson, yeah. Minnesota goes off yeah. the board. And I'm like, you know, every spot there I thought, well, if they need wide receiver, like this could be K.J. Hill. This could be K.J. Hill. This could be Austin Mack. Austin Mack signed as a free agent with the New York Giants. So did Ben Victor. Uh, but, yeah, K.J. went after those three guys in the Big Ten. And Tyler Johnson's a slot guy from Minnesota. He had a really good year. It's just, you know, it's potato potato. It's what you like, what you it's see. It's all about taste. Measurables and And so what when, you, yeah. when you're drafting receivers in the like there's a reason Jefferson went to the first round in the Vikings at twenty two overall. I, I'm wrong. Tyler Johnson went to Tampa, if yeah. I just said Rick Big tall, He went wide to Tampa receiver, yeah, yeah. from Minnesota. But there's a re, there's a I think the kids from Minnesota was Tyler something more, maybe. I don't know. But there's a reason why you're drafted in the sixth, seventh round. You're not drafted as a receiver in the sixth or seventh round, usually to become a starter. Now, that's not saying you won't start. The Giants had a rookie last year that was really good. Terry McLaurin, of course, mm -hmm. uh, arguably the steal of the draft last year, yes. the third round. Yes. But just philosophically speaking, when you're drafted in the sixth, seventh round, you're a contributor and you're going to play, but there's a reason why you were drafted there. Where Rick drafted a receiver in the first round, Justin Jefferson from LSU, he's there because he's going to start. That's where you draft them. Yes. And you're hoping that these guys that you get in the sixth, seventh round are contributors. And if they're good enough, they ended up being starters. Uh, Washington is aiming for another, they hope, uh, SOD, steal the draft, and a wide receiver out of Liberty, Antonio Gandy-Golden. This guy's a big, strong athlete, and he had a bunch of nice high-point catches He's and stuff a like that. fascinating kid. Did you, I don't know if you saw the story on him. Did not. It's bold a 300-game speed. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. He's one of these guys that everything he touches, yeah. he can do it. Like so, He's going to be a scratch golfer in like a year. <laughs> that's, yeah. I would, I, that's the kind of guy I would draft right there because they, he, they just – they just figure a way, yep. and they're good at everything that they do. So I'll be interested to see how he develops. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see in front three uh, photographs. Those are a sample of the work of Flashes of Fun Photography, True Confession. That's my wife's business. And I just thought, you know, at this time where people are out of work and senior pictures are coming up and people are trying to figure out, like, man, I can't drop, like, a couple of grand on senior pictures, and you'll spend couple of hundred dollars on flashes of fun and there's their work and you can go to flashes and uh set it up it's good to me spielman and hooley bruce .com. mention either one and they'll give you fifty dollars off um you'll give them fifty dollars which i say is way too much because they don't charge enough in my opinion but they do really good uh one of the photos there of a young lady with dark hair madison uh she said uh that uh she always hated a photography session because, you know, they twist your head around and this, yeah. that, and the other. And she's like, 
I just had so much fun doing that. My wife is a is a is a fun person. You'll laugh. She'll take family photos. She'll she enjoys it. She worked with a girl wanted pictures with her chicken. Like I don't know how many photographers are going to let you take a picture with your chicken, but my mm-hmm. wife loves animals and she'll do whatever you want. So yeah. give her a shot. Flashesofun.com. I'll explain why I'm doing that spot on is she, Wednesday. Is okay? she uh, paying a little advertising she's fee not. for okay? She's not. <laughs> I told you. I'll explain to you on Wednesday. You teased Friday that you were. You teased Wednesday last Wednesday. You were going to explain something Friday about how you got to the forty thousand dollar fundraising goal. I'm teasing something for Wednesday's faith portion. Okay. That I want to tell you. I've debated about whether to tell you in advance. Or I thought maybe it would be better for our listeners to hear how two Christian brothers relate to each other in the moment when you hear about something, and I want to get your counsel in the moment. I thought it might be interesting for people to hear that and relate to that, okay? Okay. So I'll bring that out on Wednesday's faith portion of the podcast, uh, which we're ready to head into right now. Are you going to get my counsel on my uh, show in our grace and judgment and grace? All in one. I'm not following you. Well, I posted that. Oh, well, right, right, right. Yeah. The guy, you had a photo last week of uh, some friend of yours who quit drinking. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, give me what Rick told you about the league going forward. You oh, teased that yeah. earlier. Uh, they're by going the way, Nice for Hemisphere it. Coffee Roasters t shirt. Yeah, well, you know. Do you need more coffee? No, I just got a box. Okay, so I'm good. Um, they're, they're starting all their virtual uh, training. Vikings. They're, yeah, they're doing a, uh, I think, a, re- a mock rehearsal today, so most teams will be doing this. But the league going forward, that nobody's allowed in the building except the trainers and rehab people and guys that are coming off surgeries or need okay. f- physical um, therapy. Um, so if California, for example, stays shut down, nobody's going to be allowed in the building. So In any in any, any part, facility and, in the yeah, league, every all thirty-two teams got to be. The Rams able, so. can't get in. Nobody gets. So in. if the Rams or the Chargers or the Forty ers uh, are shut down, then you know maybe they have to have a temporary headquarters someplace. They might have to up and move their operation. Wow! Because I guarantee you, the league is going to be playing. Yeah, and I think the draft only reinforces that in the popularity of the draft, right? Uh, which we should mention. Monster numbers. Columbus, Ohio, number one in the ratings. Cleveland, number two. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, number five. That's amazing. And that's not because, exclusively because, the Buckeyes had a, three guys taken in the first round or the Bengals had the number one pick. Those three cities always rate really high in, so, in everything. College football viewing, yeah. NFL viewing. Sports towns. Sports towns, big time. Football towns, yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, so they might have to get a temporary headquarters, or what's... How else are you going to open up? I mean, if... if what say, if, say, California, New York State, well, Jersey. Say California and Jersey, because both the Jets and the Giants headquarters are in Jersey. They're not in New York mm-hmm. State. They're in New, New Jersey. Say they keep their shutdown orders through July, right? Yeah. Are you going to tell... You're going to have two teams... Or what would be wait, San Francisco, um, Chargers, Chargers, Rams. and Chargers and Rams. And right? we don't know about the Raiders. I are think they the, considered? Uh, are they headquartered in? I think they might be considered. Hey, there's probably have something set okay. up in Vegas. I'm not quite sure on that. Okay. 
But so you'll have five total teams, just say New, New Jersey and California. Are you going to shut down the league because um, the governors of those states, for whatever reason, could be the right reason, are going to keep it shut down until the end of July? So you're going to prevent the football season from happening for five teams? And say every other state has some type of, you know, like we're going to open up in a cautious way yeah. on May 1st. Yeah. And teams will be allowed back into their buildings. I don't think the league will do that. They're going to say to those teams, in my opinion, you you need to make plans because we're going. And uh, I think there'll be cities that'll be offering themselves up. I would think San Antonio would offer itself up. Um, Oklahoma City. I'm thinking of major cities that don't have yeah. teams. Um that are in warm weather climates where there might not be maybe someplace in Oregon. I, I don't Yeah, you know, maybe. You know, uh, Florida, I don't know. Um, moving to Florida, what about Orlando? Some, what about somewhere in the SEC country? Yeah. Um, I just I think there there's going to be a way. So I think there's going to be training camp in might it might the season might be delayed although the commissioner said it, they're going forth as planned as of now, as of today. But I I just I have all the confidence in the world that the NFL is playing. I'm about 70 to 80% about college football right now. I think the problem the Big Ten has, and first of all, the problem college football has is California and New Jersey, and New Jersey is Rutgers. Mm -hmm. I don't know that colleges, <laughs> I don't think colleges can do the alternate location thing. It looks no. bad. It's like, hey, this is football is more important than academics. So I, that's why I wonder, you know, New Jersey is an issue for the Big Ten. It's an issue. I tell you what's not an issue of college football. What's your chances of, and I'm not being like trying to be smart aleck here, but your chances of the SEC playing this year? 110%. It might be. We might all be sitting around on Saturday. SEC, got it going. Let's Although go. Gene Smith said if one league can't play, nobody's playing. That's what he said. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't know uh, how Gene knows that. But so if the Pac-12 says we're not playing this year, we're going to shut the whole thing down. That's, do you believe that? I just am going but, off what no, the I know what Gene says, but yeah. do you believe that? I don't. I don't either. I'm going to tell you that the SEC shut it down. Then we're playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Georgia governor's ready to play tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you were working the draft, so I don't know that you saw this, but I know you'd be interested in this. Your friend for a long time, Chris Mortensen, uh, is battling, is it throat cancer, tongue cancer? Uh, he's got a couple. I've talked to him and his wife numerous times about this. Um, I don't, I, it's been a while, so I know he's doing well, but I haven't, I don't, I forget the exact type of cancer, so I don't want to speak out yeah. of term, but Daniel Jeremiah was a uh, great man of faith, Chris Mortensen. Yeah. And Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, they gave Chris Mortensen uh, some kind of an award. There's an award they give at the end of every draft. Something has to do with inspiration and all that. Mm -hmm. And they gave it, ESPN gave it to Mort. Live on air surprised him with yeah, it. That was great. And Daniel, I did see it. So. And Daniel Jeremiah was working with ESPN because of their um, combination efforts, NFL Network and ESPN here during this very unusual draft. And Daniel Jeremiah told a story that when he was a quarterback at Appalachian State, he emailed or got a hold of Chris Mortens and somehow and Mort had him Daniel Jeremiah come up to ESPN and work the draft with Mort when Mort was on set and Daniel Jeremiah's job was to answer Mort's phone while Mort right. couldn't get to it 
Now, Daniel Jeremiah, of course, has his own platform as a draft analyst and all that. Very good at it, And he played, uh, he he gave great tribute to Chris Mortensen. And I did not know this until Mort responded back on Twitter. Mort said, I would not be as strong in my faith without Daniel Jeremiah's father, David Jeremiah, one of the great renowned pastors whose Bible teaching was instrumental in leading me to Mm -hmm. the Lord. That's how we met. I went on that one. I didn't know Daniel Jeremiah's dad was David Jeremiah. No. Wow, that's pretty cool. Daniel's a great guy. I've, I got a chance to know him over this past year, and uh, I think he's really good at his job. Too. He's very good at his job. And uh, he's actually the radio analyst for the L.A. Chargers, too. Oh, so nice. So we get go. a chance to weigh in on K.J. Hill. There you go. All right, so the other Twitter... <laughs> Well, it's a good it's a good lesson for all of us in, yeah. in how we should respond in, in faith. Yeah, the other Twitter issue of the weekend involving Chris Spielman uh, was that uh, you had tweeted a photograph of two bottles of what is that bourbon? Yeah, very expensive. Okay, Pappy I didn't know it was. Van I Winkles, Rip Van Winkle, and Pappy Van Winkle. Okay, so uh, I only know about it because my friend Bo Bishop used to gush about it, and I could tell that it was rare to get your hands on it. So you just tweeted these two bottles, I think, on Thursday night. It's like, hey, you know. Which one should I draft first? Yeah, which one should you draft first? So I'm trying to find a tweet. I don't know that it's really important that I find the exact tweet. but a It is important because it puts context. You want me to find it? All right. All right. So I'll I'll just give the context. And the context was that someone on Twitter took you to task for, hey, I hear you guys talk on your podcast about faith. And here you are, you know, encouraging people to drink. Or no, I'm encouraging people to get hammered. Get hammered, okay. Right. And so I responded, whoa, 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 you're making a big assumption here. Uh, he never said that. Don't question his faith based on that. You know, right. let's lighten, you know, you know that, that kind of stuff. You want me to find it? I got, here it is. So here's the one. I'll see if I can find the whole tweet. String. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in context because it's how... The thing is, I didn't shut him down immediately. I listened to his side. He yeah. listened to my side. And then uh, we came to a, an agreement. So it's BGW on Twitter. Well, I, yeah, don't, you don't need to say. Okay. Unless, you know. Well, I don't want to bring the wrath of Twitter down on him again. No. But anyway, go through his, you know. You want me to read the original tweet? Yes. All right, so let me go down and find it. I had a glass of bourbon after the draft at Thursday at 11.30 at night after I told Macy to go to bed, and it doesn't matter what round I was drafted in. I was drafted 29th overall. So I tweeted, okay, I'm just going to have a sip of glass of bourbon before I go to bed, which is not unusual uh, on a weekend or after an occasion or just when I want to do that. And so his tweet kind of irked me a little bit. I didn't I know about why. it until you retweeted it, then I then I had to respond. Um can I ne- mention like two little two one little thing on the draft that I uh yeah. thought was my scoopage that nobody else had. It's not a big deal. In the AFC North now with Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson. It is the only division in the NFL where all four quarterbacks are number one picks. I like it. All four. I'll give you that credit. There you go. Uh, What did you think of Goodell in the basement? I thought the whole draft was wonderful. I thought the production, the coordination, the teamwork, putting aside competitive differences for uh, putting together one great team 
with the simulcast of the NFL Network. I mm-hmm. thought Trey Wingo was outstanding. Uh, good point guard. Being a good point guard is hard. He's, I thought he was tremendous. Yeah. I really did. I thought all the guys. I thought Lewis Riddick was excellent. Mel was great. Daniel was great. I thought it was in the coordination and how they worked it and raising uh, millions and millions of dollars for COVID relief. It couldn't have gone any better for them. It couldn't have. Here's the original tweet. After your tweet of the two bottles of bourbon, uh, this gentleman tweets at you. Are you serious? I've heard you proclaim Jesus Christ many times on yours and Behool's podcast. I know the Bible is clear not to get drunk. So why do you think promoting alcohol is a good testimony? That was the tweet. Mm-hmm. There, he had a hammered in there at one point. Uh, yeah. I I said, my man, at no time did Chris Spielman advocate getting hammered. I don't drink at all, but it's a dangerously legalistic to make assumptions you are making. Let me introduce you to my friend Grace. Yeah. He said get drunk. Do not yeah. get drunk. Bible says do not get drunk. And I can't remember the last time I was. I have been drunk in my life, and I'm not going to lie to people. But it's been a very, 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 very long time. I don't drink to get drunk. I had one drink. I enjoyed it. I'm doing it again, and I will do it again. But I don't drink to the point of inebriation because I don't like to be out of control. I like to be in control, and being a B celebrity in or in in this world, I know that people are always watching, and I know that I'm setting an example for my children, and I also know biblically that it's wrong to abuse my body and to get drunk. So for him to make that assumption, that upset me, and I think uh, my point was, why would you make that assumption? Yeah. Why would you even think about making that assumption? And the other thing is, is that... Um, If you have people, I'm very accessible via email to this show. Mm-hmm. If you have a question you want to ask, you will get a direct, yep. honest answer. Like all of you, I have screwed up. But I am not an advocate of getting drunk. Never have been. My best friend in the world was killed by a drunk truck driver something that I live with and see every day in my weight room because his jersey hangs up in, in my weight room. So I have constant reminders of drunkenness and the harm and danger that it can do. For someone to assume or make an assumption that I'm doing that without checking or asking or talking to me to put it over a public platform, you need to be, you need to be able to defend your position because I will not be called out if it's wrong. If I'm wrong, I will tell you I'm wrong. You know me long enough. When I screw up, I say I screwed that up. Everybody knows that about me. But to make the assumption that I'm promoting drunkenness is a big leap. Now, unfortunately, people came after him and, um, you know, I don't think that's the way to go, but once I made my point, then you made a point about giving this guy grace. I think I made the point. It's over. Move on. Yeah. We're on the same page here. We're fighting the same battle. And I think he got the message, but he made a mistake. He did. He, he came too strong on Twitter, and I'm the king of coming too strong on Twitter. Yeah. He did mention, and I want to mention this because we are all a product. There's uh, Oswald Chambers has a, a statement um, 
there's always one more thing about someone that you don't know. A car in front of you that's driving super, super slow, and you're like, come on! And you get up there, and it's like a very old grandma, and they look terrified sure. driving. So you didn't know that when you were behind them, honking at them, you know, getting mad. But there's always one more thing about someone you don't know. With this gentleman, he later said in a tweet that I believe he had battled alcoholism, or he had suffered some kind that. of loss like you had suffered with Eric's right. death from the truck driver. And so that's the one thing about him that we didn't know that it, the, the original tweet from you, it, it's called the hippocampus. We all have something in our head that we magnify a current event by some past event that has really impacted us in some way. And that hit his hippocampus because he's like, wait a minute, I really admire Chris Spielman. I hear him talking about the faith, and now he's doing this, and I lost my friend to this. And so Mm -hmm. he's making a connection you're not making because there's something about him we don't know. Mm -hmm. That doesn't justify what he did, and he needs to be, and he was enlightened on it, and he said, yeah, I, I know I screwed up. We're all good with him. Oh, yeah. We don't, you know, we have advocated on the political side talking to people, not talking over people. Right. Twitter, when you communicate in 280 characters, as we've said, it's 280 characters of rope. <laughs> you hang yourself more often than anything. So we get it. It's just we thought it'd be a good discussion for the podcast because it's a real-world issue. Uh, look, I even in years when I was not walking obediently with Christ, drinking was just not something I ever did. It wasn't something I grew up with in my house. But I know a lot of my best friends who have beer, wine, whatever, I don't judge them at all because I know their heart. It's just, it's not my thing, but I'm certainly not going to judge them. They might look at me and go, well, hey, you did this or this or this. What's your deal? I thought you were a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's where you get into the neighborhood of legalism, and that's a neighborhood you want to stay out of. Well, and my issue is this, is that I'm accessible via this show, but if you are making assumptions, because I work very hard at at trying to do the right thing and portray the right message because uh, I represent my wife now. I represent Stephanie now. Mm -hmm. I represent my children. I represent my mother. I represent my father. And I don't want to be seen in a bad light. So when somebody makes an assumption about me, and I thought my response wasn't brutal. I just said, you don't know me. Right. And you can ask, but to make an assumption about what I'm doing was a mistake on his part. Now, for me, I said to him, if you have questions or if you want to talk about this, you don't need to take it to a public platform. He's a listener to this show. Yeah. All you have to do is email Bruce. Bruce will bring it up to me. We would probably talk about it on the show. It would have been a great, been, yeah. been a great topic. But he took it public, so then, you know, he's a. It wasn't. It was an attack on my character, which, you know, quite frankly, I can get better at responding to attacks on my character. But when I get attacked, um, that I was promoting harm, that frustrates me because I try to only promote good health, and when I get yeah. attacked for, um trying to do something good for COVID relief, and somebody tells me, because of my so-called wealth and connections, I'm not doing enough, I'm going to come back in a rational response. That's what I'm going to do. 
And the, the, the thing that bothered me was, well, then this guy started getting attacked. So you did you did well about showing grace. And I I sent a tweet out to him about it's over, it's okay, we're a bro- you know peace brother. It was just you know move on. But we got to learn how to if I'm going to judge somebody and call somebody out, I better know that what I'm tweeting out is true. Yeah. Yeah. Or I better, you know, try to find a way since we do share a common belief in our faith that maybe I can since I do listen to this show, I do have access to these guys and maybe I can bring this up and they can talk about it on the air. Yeah, the Bible lays out very clearly how to resolve conflict among Christian brothers, and it is to go to the, your brother one-on-one. And for him, he doesn't know you personally, but he could go to you one-on-one via email as opposed to going uh, in a public forum like Twitter. <laughs> you know, there might be a time where if you don't you know, respond, whatever, the Bible says one-on-one, and then take a brother with you, so two-on-one, that yeah. take, and then you know, eventually there are other ways if you can't resolve it. But uh, yeah, that was, I thought, a good instance of where... Uh, things didn't start well, but I think they finished well. I, I do, and and I just want to encourage people to, you know, I, I don't mind being asked that question. Like, I would answer that question. You know me. I, I answer any question, and I'll give you my honest answer, and I will g- gladly tell you my shortcomings in this life and where I screwed up. But I just, and I've learned this lesson because I used to do it on the radio all the time. I used to make assumptions and accuse people without having any facts. And that's a lesson that he can learn. And the lesson that he taught me was, uh, I need to not, I need to, well, I thought I responded in a responsible way, but in my brain, I went, angry. What, what are you even talking about, yeah, dude? No. What are you even talking about? Right. I mean, you can, and I lost like, and like I said, he lost, maybe he battled something with alcohol or he lost somebody. Hey, so did I, I lost my best friend. So don't, don't assume anything. So you didn't know knowing. that about him and he didn't know that about you. And that very often is where we get into difficulties. Well, very often we get into difficulties. We're in an opinion show. So, you know, we're going to get in more trouble than he's going to get. Very but true. if you're going to hit Twitter and you're going to judge somebody on Twitter when you don't have all the facts and you're going to make a, an, a, an opinion and you're saying that I'm doing something that's where he got in trouble. Yeah. Because you don't know. Right. And I'm not saying that in a, like a mean way. No, you just no. you don't know. Right. And as I said half snarkily but I think 100% true, uh Twitter has been blocked on Grace. Or excuse me, Grace has been blocked on Twitter. <laughs> There's Twitter's not a place where you find grace in abundance. So uh that's where we are. It was it was good. Yeah. I mean, it it was a good lesson for I think it's a good lesson for him. It's a good lesson for me. We're at an hour 10, and I need to get to Cleveland, and uh, you're digging into your phone. Do you have something you want to share before we go? Yeah, I want to share a couple things. Um, so as we approach May 1st, May, May 1st or May 1st, either or. Intervention. <laughs> well, what do you expect from the 30th overall draft pick? I know I'm about a three-time state <laughs> um, Just This was yesterday's results for Ohio for covid Total death count, seven twenty-eight for the for the total. Yeah, total. yeah. Okay, that's you know there was some probably that are counted as COVID in there that aren't, but you know because I don't think cancer and heart attacks have just dropped by half in one month, which they did in New York. I don't know if you knew that, but did not. Well, 
they count. <laughs> and if you have COVID and you die of, you know, a truck runs over you, yeah. you died of COVID. Median age of the death count in, in Ohio is 79. Counties with a death, 58. But here's the thing. As you make decisions and be smart, and again, I'm a proponent of being smart about wearing a mask if you're in crowded places to protect uh, those from getting, not protect yourself, protect those from getting COVID from you. Uh, 80 plus, there's been 349 deaths, 48%. 70 to 79 age, there's been 199 deaths, 27%. Oh, probably 99% of them underlying conditions just by age alone. 60 to 69, there's been 118 deaths, 16%. 50 to 59, which is a category Bruce and I fall into, there's been 46 deaths at 6%. 40 to 49, there's been 12 deaths, 2%. Uh, 30 to 39, 4 deaths, 1%. Under 30, 0 deaths. And all those deaths, probably the majority of them, have uh, resulted in underlying conditions. Now that doesn't alleviate us from the the the, the responsibility to live responsibly, mm-hmm. to be aware, to take care of our neighbors, but not live in fear. So just in case we don't get these numbers at the governor's press conference, mm-hmm. I thought this was a good time for us to share these numbers that have come out. And so, you know, that's just. I just wanted to share that with you and, and let people know that's coronavirus.ohio.gov numbers. That's not me making up numbers. Right. That's from the website. So if they don't share those numbers today, at least you got them here and help you with all the information to make the decisions that are best for you and your family. Absolutely. Well, and I wanted to share one verse, and I know yeah. I know you got to go to Cleveland, okay. but hey, you know the gospel can wait. The gospel's not waiting for me to go to <laughs> Cleveland, so you get that out there, brother. That's what's important. Don't bury the lead. I like the old school Lions hat. By the way. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do this for the podcast, okay? And for Bruce and I, because we are all uh, need help. In this area and I need help in my response to when people make assumptions that I want to go punch them in the neck and I don't want to do that I'm just being honest I mean I just because I get angry right and I don't like being angry I hate myself when I'm angry I lived a year in anger you know why and it just it tears me up inside because I become a bad person so I want I want everybody out there to do this for Bruce and I at least once this week. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us to that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. So I am asking as a favor to all the listeners out there, and I don't even know how many we have, all 10 of you. <laughs> we have way more than okay, that. Okay, good. But devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us, too, that God may open the door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of uh, Christ, Colossians 4, 2, and 3. Uh, That's really appropriate, not only because I've been reading in uh, Colossians a lot lately, but uh, because of what I'm going to talk about with you on Wednesday. So uh, 
Don't miss that podcast. In real time Wednesday, you'll hear how two Christian brothers relate to each other on a question that I would call Chris with and say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think I should do here? How would you handle this? Here's oh, how I'm I love thinking. those. Here's how I'm thinking of handling it. I value your perspective. So give me your perspective on this. Look forward to that. So conversation. those are conversations we've had those many times, right? On both sides, yeah, yes. on both sides. And so uh, Chris is a guy who obviously I value his input, his counsel, and uh, I look forward to hearing and, it Wednesday. And you'll hear it live. And uh, when you'll hear it as it happens, you know, live to us, we won't rehearse it or anything. He no, won't no. get any advance notice. Uh, and also in 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 tune with keeping of the the podcast uh, uh wednesday will be coming uh, more edits for bruce hooley i'll edit more of, of your mis- work of mistakes that i've made <laughs> egregious <laughs> errors i've made not taking a phone call in your moment of need labeling you a 30th overall pick i got 48 hours to make another one hey to, we know it's coming no try to dream one up again today <laughs> Everybody have a great day. We will uh, talk to you again on Wednesday. Follow us Twitter at We Tackle, Facebook, Spielman and Hooley, uh, Instagram, Spielman and Hooley. And we appreciate your time very much. Have a great day. God bless.